All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. You know, it's it's amazing the things that are said in the media, the mob, as I call it, because it's so out of control. And if you are a liberal, it seems that there's no boundary that that you can cross that's going to, even in this woke era, that's going to get you in trouble. You know, we, we have this this race that took place in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and we now have a lieutenant governor elect in Virginia who's an amazing woman, Winsome Sears is her name, and she was on TV the other night. And the things that are being said and the analysis that, are be, that has been given could not be any more wrong and any more disgusting than what I'm hearing. Now, let's start with the media blaming race for Virginia election results. Are they, are they blaming race in, in New Jersey also? How do they explain any of this when you have Republican minorities that are elected in blue states? Why can't they acknowledge that their policies are just failing? No, they, it, this, this is the old playbook. We get it every two years. We get it every four years. And now this is the media, basically the mouthpiece of all things radical socialist and new Green Deal Democrat. Listen. The coronavirus, or that the virus, it was a very has low not importance to many yes, of the voters there. Was it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points. We also see the enduring power of the culture wars, and the Republicans are better at playing this game because it's essentially white identity politics. That works for Republicans. CRT is in the latest line of school busing, cross town busing, um, welfare queens. You have it. It's in, that same, it's in that same line, and you saw it in the, in the results in Virginia. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right? Some of it was. Uh, ra- dog whistle racism, thousand percent. Now, the only one, by the way, that was against segregation is Joe Biden, which the media gave him a pass for as he partnered with the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, to stop the integration of schools and stop bus and and stop busing because he didn't want public schools to become, in his words, racial jungles. Now it gets worse when you know this this entire narrative. Remember, it's stormy, stormy, stormy. It's asshole, asshole, asshole. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. It's, you know, they just never stop. They're not even original in the communication efforts of a talking point. They all just say the same thing. They're like a bunch of zombies, or as I call them, the media uh, blue check mark mob on Twitter. Uh, now, for example, this whole uh, critical race theory dog whistle commentary. They're all saying the same thing. Listen. And when he pushes talking points that are meant to flirt with and stoke white backlash, he does so in a coded way with dog whistles about education. The racial animus uh, that is teeming um, with the dog whistle messaging. Racial language and, and dog whistles, quite frankly. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right. Some of it was uh dog whistle racism horrible racist uh dog whistles from the gop dog whistling uh on education i think all the crt stuff is trumped up dog whistling what rose to sort of the national conversation was the dog whistle and the republicans then sweep into that with this divisive critical race theory cultural racial dog whistles 
That's a more um, effective strategy when the Democrats aren't delivering on middle class economics. When you talk about critical race theory in Virginia, and it's not taught in Virginia schools, uh, that's a dog whistle. That's a dog whistle to people who maybe lived in an affluent white suburb 20 years ago, and they're seeing a lot of diversity and a lot of change, and they're thinking, oh, my God, I'm worried about this. And then it got really ugly on, I guess it was, what, Joy Reid's program. Michael Eric Dyson is the guest talking about Winsome Sears is, quote, a black mouth moving and it legitimizes white supremacy. The problem is here, they want they want white supremacy by ventriloquist effect. There is a black mouth moving, but a white idea through the running on the runway of the tongue of a figure who justifies and legitimates uh, the white supremacist practices. We know that we can internalize in our own minds, in our own subconscious, in our own bodies, the very principles that are undoing us. So to have a black face uh, speaking in behalf of a white supremacist legacy is nothing new. And it is to the chagrin of those of us who study race that the white folk on the other side and the right wingers on the other side don't understand this is politics 101 and this is race not even 101 what's beneath 101 it's the it's the pre-k of race you should understand the fact that if you tell black people look i support a negro look there is a person of color that i am in favor of and that person of color happens to undermine and undercut and subvert the very principles about which we are concerned you do your no service by pointing to them as an example of your racial progressivism. I mean, how does NBC News get away with saying something that repulsive and disgusting? I'm not calling for Joy Reid's firing. Nope. I'm not calling for a boycott of Michael Eric Dyson or MSDNC because I don't have to watch that crap. And most people don't watch that crap, which is part of the equation. Anyway, here with a commentary, our friend Joe Concha he, of course, is a Fox News contributor, columnist on the media uh, for The Hill. He's like the only guy in media that actually has original thoughts. I think he'd be great on his own media show on Fox News. I'm, I'm pushing for it, hoping for it. Uh, Mr. Concha, welcome back, sir. It will result in a raise because this inflation thing with the kids is, is killing me. Oh, now, now, not only do you want me to be begging to get you a show, but now I got to get, now I got to negotiate your deal for you. Well, I'm bartending on weekends now. I mean, man, it's 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 hard these days. But uh, look, I'll, I'll give you some numbers, all right, so we don't go off on a tangent. Joy Reid, all right, you just mentioned. You said nobody is watching that crap. Boy, you couldn't be any more right. Her program averaged at the beginning of the year 2.1 million viewers. On Wednesday, one night after a major election, she couldn't even get 850,000. So let me put that in context for you. And by, and by the way, how many people did I have on election night? Do you remember? You're up in the high threes. You're close to 4 million, I believe. No, it was actually 4.9 million, but who's, why quibble? You know? 4.9 mil? That's oh, right. Okay. I'm sorry. I was looking at the demo or something. But yeah, I mean, nearly 5 million. So, okay. So she has 850,000, and you got what? Uh, doing the math here. Six times that amount. All right. Watching. So just put that in, in context. But here's a maybe a closer context. Her 6 p.m. lead in is a guy named Ari Melber, and he got nearly 997,000 viewers. So her lead in, which is an hour earlier, all right, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, usually gets more watched than 6 o'clock because more people are home from work, particularly uh, when you're talking about central and mountain time zones, like more people in front of televisions, right? And she's losing 150,000 viewers 
orders from the guy leading into her. That's how toxic this show is, because as you mentioned, I mean, the fact that she is saying what she is saying with the whole Uncle Tom kind of thing, except applying it to Winsome Sears, of all people. And I love Winsome Sears, by the way, Sean, because she said, quote, I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. Let's see if she's woman enough to do that. I'd go in a heartbeat. I'd pay... Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view kind of money to watch that because Winsome Sears would wipe the floor with her. And, of course, Reed's never going to do it because when she actually has to debate somebody outside her echo chamber, it's probably not going to go well because, as you said, this is somebody who doesn't really have too much in terms of original thought. She has people on that completely and totally agree with her. The echo chamber goes on. But no one's watching at this point, even by MSNBC standards. And she may even get, Sean, the 9 p.m. slot up against you <laughs> once uh, your current competition, if you want to call it that at this point. Point. Rachel Maddow uh, it's, does a weekly show, which is what, what the plan is. So imagine that, Sean Hannity versus Joy Reid. I'll take Hannity minus the points there. <laughs> you just cracked me up. You're on fire today. Thank you. Um, it is sad, though, to me, because I, I listen to these comments. And, you know, we have a mutual friend, Deneen Borelli, and she wrote this book years ago, uh, Blacklash. And in the beginning of it, she says, if you Google her name, look at the look, look at all the names she has been called over the years. If you look at I've, I've talked to Leo 2.0 Terrell and the fact that he's now 2.0, uh, he is attacked in ways that, you know, wouldn't happen in a woke world, shouldn't happen in a woke world if there was any if, if the standards were applied equally. Because if you're a conservative, you know, again, if you spit on the sidewalk, they want to put you in jail for 10 years. If you're a liberal, you can do pretty much anything and you'll get away with it. I look at Ben Carson, right, as another example, because my wife's a doctor, and I saw what she had to go through. Uh, first, obviously, you, well, she ran track at Georgetown, so that's hard enough. You know, you're doing a Division One sport. That, that, that takes up a By lot By the way, of she lives with you. That's really hard. But go ahead. That is, I was leading to that punchline, and you yeah. stole it from me. It was there. And she's nodding her head right now. She's right over here. Yeah, I know, honey. Yeah, Sean took the line. Anyway, the point is that, uh, all right, so she, she goes through uh, undergrad Georgetown. Then she has to go to medical school. Then she has to go through her residency. Then she has to work these hours, like 24-hour shifts, you know, in Newark, New Jersey, which isn't exactly a safe place to work. Uh, and then from there, finally, she becomes a doctor, but then she's paying off all her student loans. It's a very, very difficult thing. And Ben Carson, despite his upbringing, right, wasn't he involved in a stabbing at some point? Well, wasn't he considered a, a below-average student? He was going on the wrong path, and he righted himself and became one of the most brilliant doctors of all time. Didn't he separate conjointed twins at one point? I mean, we're talking about historic stuff. And then finally, because he supports Donald Trump, what they did to him and the disrespect to him, considering everything he accomplished, the example that he set is, is nauseating. But, and Leo, as you say, can speak to that because he supports the wrong team. Those are the racists, what the people that look at things through uh, a prism of color, and because you don't go along with the crowd, then suddenly you're an Uncle Tom. It, it's pathetic, and I can't believe that, as you said, NBC would allow this stuff on, but like but, Al Sharpton, they're afraid to do anything to her because they're afraid of the backlash from their viewers. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Joe Concha on fire today. As we continue, we'll get to your calls at the bottom of the half hour. 800-941-SEAN on this Friday. All right, Joe Concha, he's on fire today. I think he had 12 cups of coffee, maybe more. A black mouth moving that justifies and legitimizes white supremacy. That's said on NBC News. Now, I, I know that there are groups dedicated and spending millions of dollars every year to get people like me fired and people like you as well. 
Um, they've not been successful because we're not the people that they the character, the caricature that they paint us to be. You know, for example, this this whole playbook of the Democrats, Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, transphobic. They want dirty air and water and they want grandma and grandpa to eat dog food and cat food for a year. And then a Republican will put them in a wheelchair and throw them over a cliff. It is the same exact playbook. Now they lose the election and they stay with the narrative. The, the reason that they lost in Virginia has everything to do with Afghanistan disaster, their handling of COVID disaster, their borders a disaster, the economy is a disaster, the high cost of energy is a disaster, all self-inflicted because they let this radical ideology consume them, take it over, and they're trying to force it down our throat. Now, we're watching very closely what happens in the House today, but it really doesn't matter, Joe, does it? Because Joe Manchin's going to have his say in the Senate. I think Joe Manchin will have the last word. Not AOC, not Nancy Pelosi, and not the squad. I don't even think it gets to a vote. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even think it gets to, to the Senate and Manchin. But let's say somehow by small miracle uh, that it does. Yeah, Cinema and Manchin will step in the way because why would you want to ride this president's coattails at this point for all the reasons that you just mentioned? Where forget the overall number when you look at polls as far as oh, President Biden's at forty-one percent approval, forty-two percent approval. I look at the states that matter as far as the polling, and you go down the line, Sean, Virginia. Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Nevada. He is not only underwater, he's underwater by double digits in all those states. There goes all those electoral votes if he were to run again, and then a lot of people say that's absolutely not going to happen. And then, like I said on your show on Tuesday night, who's the plan B? Kamala? She's actually worse. And then who's on the bench? Andrew Cuomo? What's not around? All right, so what? Nah, you're, for, you're forgetting the most important bet. Pete Buttigieg, he's, he's, he already has his... Uh, you know, exploratory committee uh, up and running. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and uh, that, that, what, what's he going to run on? His handling of the supply chain crisis? Has he been to a port yet, Sean? Has he been to Long Beach, Savannah, Los Angeles, Newark, right by me here in New Jersey? Because when you fix a problem, uh, a general usually goes to see the soldiers on the front line to see and, and talk to uh, people below him to say, hey, what are we going to do to win this war? Pete Buttigieg can't be bothered with that. If he wants to be paternities are, go right ahead. That's more than fine. But he can't even run the transportation department as a secretary. He's supposed to run the president. He's supposed to be president of the United States at 38 years old after, what, running South Bend into the ground? I mean, that's your bench? They're in real trouble, Sean. They're going to lose the House, the Senate, and they won't have anybody to run for the White House in 2024. You know, you've, you're always a great guest. You've, you've taken it to another level today. You're on fire today. I had pixie sticks with coffee, which is not a good thing. I thought it was sugar and it was the kids' thing. And now I'm wired. It's like, man, cocaine. Yeah. I never did it, but this must be, must be what it feels like. Uh, clearly. Either that or whatever you're drinking, I want it. I just ah. got to try it. Anyway, Joe Concha, appreciate you being with us. When we come back, we'll get to the phones for our final half hour. We have Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. we got a great show for you on the Fox News Channel. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program so the chosen is like the hottest series on television and you know the most streamed actually in the entire country right now and and if you haven't found it uh especially if you believe in faith and god and and the things that really matter in life even more than politics way more um everybody's flocking to it the amazing thing is hollywood has always played to the lowest common denominator They've always played to violence and sex and, you know, just just or just mindless entertainment. 
And whenever a good product comes out, it is amazing how people find it. They share it with their friends and they flock to it. And anyway, so it has uh, become a big hit now for the second time now. Uh, they have coming out with Christmas with the Chosen. And it's about a, well, let me just play the, the trailer. Do you know what Luke is? I didn't tell him everything. Go tell it on the mountain. Joseph, I can't keep looking. He's coming. Over my head. You've seen this. It's time. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Remember what your messenger said. The first thing. Don't be afraid. That Jesus Christ is People must know. Here's the amazing thing. The TV show, The Chosen, is now, it's a new streaming TV drama. I just found out about it recently. I'm just starting to watch it. And it is amazing. And I don't say that about many things, especially when it comes to entertainment. Um, It touches in ways you won't even imagine. And get this, it's now viewed over 374 million times worldwide. That's how viral this has become. Now you have The Chosen for Christmas, or Christmas with The Chosen, to be more official. Uh, It is now setting uh, Fathom uh, event records in the first 12 hours. And anyway, Dallas Jenkins is the creator of all of this. He's a genius and uh, joins us uh, to tell us about it. How are you, sir? Um, So glad to be here, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Tell me, where did you get this skill set that you have that, just you you have this ability to break through where so many do not and you go a whole different path you don't follow the crowd and it seems to be paying off big time for you well i think that applies to every part of this show so the content itself is unique and the fact that i happen to be a strong believer uh, i love the bible i believe it's god's words and the, the story of jesus uh, of course changed my life and i'm passionate about it and yet when it comes to the show and i'm capturing the stories of jesus I'm trying to do it in a way that I haven't seen before, which is really explore the humanity of Jesus and the disciples and even his enemies. The authenticity of the stories is huge, and I think you would probably agree with this when you watch the show. Uh, we, we really try to put you there. It feels like you're in the first century, and you can identify with their problems and identify with their questions, and then hopefully, ultimately, identify with the solution to those questions and problems. When it comes to the release of the show, this is where we've just done it completely outside the system. The show is completely free. You can watch it, and you can choose to pay for it if you want. Um, we are on our own app. Uh, we are not on a popular streaming platform or on a on a, a broadcast network. We've done this completely outside the system. We're completely crowdfunded funded we do it ourselves and that's allowed us to keep control of the content and then also keep control of how people watch it explain that to to most people because most people think streaming they think about netflix and hulu and and prime video and etc etc and again 374 million times it's now been viewed worldwide um 
how how do people find it? Because when it comes to technology, I'm probably the biggest idiot you've ever talked to. Um, I might compete with you on that. I'm actually not a big tech guy myself, but uh, we've actually made this really easy. So you just go uh, on your phone, you look up The Chosen, and we're easy to find. Uh, it's, it's a, we're our own app. Now, you might be thinking, I don't want to watch a, a Jesus show on my phone. Well, we've made it so that you can connect it directly, free and easy, to your streaming platform. So I could go to your house, and if you've got a Roku or Apple TV or Fire Stick, I don't, you don't even need a subscription. You don't need your email address or anything. It casts directly from your phone to this streaming device. It's also on a website, thechosen.tv, www.thechosen.tv. Uh, you can just look it up and you'll find it, but that's where people can actually watch the episodes. Again, free and easy. You don't even have to sign up for anything. We've just tried to make this as accessible as possible. I believe the gospel is free, so we made the show free, and people can pay for it if they want. And because they're so passionate about it, they are paying for it. Uh, some people are. People who can't afford it don't have to, but those who are um, have generated you know, over $100 million in gross revenue this year alone just so that we can continue to do more episodes and seasons. I mean, it's just an incredible story, and you don't hear about this ever in media, movies, entertainment. It just doesn't happen like this. Tell us specifically why you went with a second year Christmas with the Chosen, what and what people can expect. Yeah, thank you for asking that. Yeah, uh, we're in between seasons two and three right now. So we just released season two a couple months ago. I'm writing season three with my co-writers. Well, the fans are so rabid and they're so eager for more. And we thought, you know what? In between these seasons, wouldn't it be fun to do a brand new episode and tell the story of the birth of Christ from the perspective of Mary and Joseph and really explore this in a way that hasn't been done before. There's one image in the episode that I think stands out to me as we were making it was it shows Joseph scooping up a pile of manure in the stable to make room for Mary to give birth. Uh, that image alone really moved me, that thought of, of the, the birth of the Christ child coming in the midst of, you, you just would never expect the Messiah to come to earth in this way and in this setting. And so that just really was passionate uh, to, for me. I really wanted to capture that in a way that hadn't been done before. And then we've got these extraordinary musicians. So you've got Forking and Country and Phil Wickham and Maverick City Music and some of these great musicians who did Christmas songs on the set of The Chosen. So we gathered a dozen of those artists. We gathered this brand new episode, and uh, we're releasing it in theaters uh, in December. But it just felt like a great opportunity for this Christmas season to get people out to theaters again, even though Hollywood has been really concerned that people wouldn't come to theaters unless it was a big Marvel movie or a horror film. We're like, well, let's maybe see if we can pull this off. And so uh, it's, been, it's been shattering records, and it's been really fun. It just shows how hungry people are for the right content. It's amazing. Uh, that's exactly the description. Hungry for content and good content. And now you're in 190-plus uh, countries. You know, it, there's two things that I do like to do when I'm not talking politics is my faith is very important to me. I'm, I'm a non-denominational Christian. And by the way, I'm one of the Christians that needs the saving kind of Christian. I'm not the perfect Christian person. And, and I say that because I think Christians are often misunderstood. Um, you, you know, for example, in pop culture, it seems that if there's a prominent Christian and they fall from grace or have some public uh, scandal of some kind, you, you, you watch this group of people, you know, almost gleeful about it. But that's not my understanding of Christianity. And I did go to Catholic schools for 12 years of my life. My understanding is to be a Christian, it's simple, is that you acknowledge you have failed, you have a desire to change your heart, the Latin for repentance is to change one's heart, 
and that you you seek redemption through Jesus Christ and reconciliation with God the Father. Um, I think Christians are very misunderstood. Am I wrong? You are not wrong, and I, I think that's a great way to put it. You know, when you said, I'm not a perfect Christian, uh, no one is. Uh, I, I like to say, I'm, I'm a bad Christian, which is why I'm a Christian. Uh, the fact that we need the Savior is not something that we learn early on in life and then we forget about it. It's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder. And that's actually what the Chosen, I, I believe, does for people, is Jesus came to earth to remind us of that, and his, he, he had both bad news and good news. The bad news was, you're never going to get this right, you're never going to be perfect. Uh, you, you, even, even those of you, you religious leaders, he had the most to say to them, you religious leaders who think that you've got it together because you are religious, uh, you're just as bad, if not worse, than others because you're hypocrites. So here's the good news, though. I am perfect, and I will make you uh, a surrendered and broken person. And if you surrender your life to me, you can have access to salvation that you wouldn't if you don't. If, and all you have to do is just acknowledge that. And so the show is showing you that. We're putting you, we're putting Jesus into this situation where the people were trying so hard to be good, and he's like, don't worry about that. You'll, you'll do that as a result of my salvation, but that's not what's going to get you there. And the show is a great reminder of that, I believe, and it's where I'm, my heart is, and that's what I think people are resonating with, is, okay, these people in first century that we've seen on stained glass windows and as statues, um, they're, you know, we've called them saints, they were actually just like us. And he actually picked people who you wouldn't have otherwise well, he picked, picked. he picked 12 guys that were fishermen. And I don't know. I'm just assuming because I like to watch Deadliest Catch. I don't know if you ever watched that. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And uh, fishermen, I imagine, back in Jesus's time, probably cursed, probably noticed pretty women, and probably uh, were not perfect either. The, you know, kind of like when I worked in construction, we were construction guys. And uh, I, I think the biggest untold part of Christianity is that you know, here we have, and I love to debate atheists over this, not agnostics, atheists. And people, and I'll ask them, so you really believe that all of these, this energy somehow collided and it formed uh, a big bang that created universes within universes within universes and the stars and gravity and the sun and, and the moon and the planets and, and mankind and the animal kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. And that just happened? Because I, I don't believe that. That would be a far bigger miracle than the idea that there is something much more powerful and greater than us that is a creator. And our job, and, and I think part of the mystery of life, is finding that missing part and seeking, finding, you know, knocking and the door getting open. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't even see the majestic, the majesty, if you will, of creation. Well, that's the beauty of, of the story, is that there is, as you said, the majesty and beauty and epicness of creation, and yet the creator of the universe was one of us. He actually came to Earth, and that's what the Christmas with the Chosen is about, this story. He came to Earth in a barn and to a scared teenager, and all of that piece of it, and then the, the Chosen in general, showing that Jesus came among a, a time of oppression, and you mentioned earlier, you know, he called fishermen, he also actually called a tax collector, which uh, not only back then was uh, was uh, rare and uh, it was hated, uh, as you know, you and I probably hate tax collectors as much as anybody, and so Jesus actually called and said, I want to make you one of mine, 
And uh, that whole piece of it, the fact that he reached down and reached to us, that we don't actually have to fight to get to him, is the most extraordinary event in human history. Well, I wish you all the best with this. It's now, uh, when does it start its run in theaters? December 1st? Yeah, so the show is out now, of course, but the, the theatrical piece is December 1st through the 10th uh, in theaters. You just look it up online, you look up The Chosen in theaters, you'll find it. And uh, the, we've sh- I mean, we've literally shattered records, doubled the record for pre-sales uh, that we sold out in two days, so they added eight more days in theaters and are really kind of upsetting the apple cart for what people are expecting. So make sure you go get the tickets now. I'm not saying that as a salesman, I'm saying because they are literally selling out as we speak. It's pretty amazing. It's a great success story, and it also shows that when you produce quality, a quality product like you have produced with The Chosen, uh, that people will flock to it. I mean, it's, it's an amazing success story, and it's also enlightening, and I think it's, it's the kind of movie that touches people's souls, and there's not enough of those movies that do that. I'm, I'm all for entertaining movies, but I also like movies that make me think, touch my soul, move me to even want, wanting to be a better person. It's really nice to talk to you, Dallas Jenkins. Uh, we'll put a link on Hannity.com. And if you want to find out, it opens in theaters on December 1st. They've added eight days. If you want to be a part of this Fathom event, you can do it. And uh, thank you, sir. Continued success. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Oh, Peter Ducey was right as it goes for the illegal immigration issue that he asked Joe Biden. Uh, Biden clueless, now embracing the policy that he laughed at the day before. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard joins us. Greg Jarrett, Rand Paul, who had a great week with Dr. Fauci. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, South Carolina. Herschel Walker, they'll both join us. And Tammy Bruce and Pam Bondi, 9 Eastern. Set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. See you tonight back here on Monday. Have a great weekend, and thank you for making this show possible.